three sheets to the wind and flapping. Glory. Mm. Extremely intoxicating worship time today. Yesterday also, and probably the day before that. Shabbat. You know, we, we're spoiled. You know that? We really are. We're spoiled on God. Not in a bad way, in a good way. You know, blessed. You know, blessed means to be envied. Who's going to envy you? The dead and the dying, the unbelievers? So they can change their minds to come into agreement with the truth of Christ in you so they also can be blessed? You know what I'm saying? Do you know that? Blessed means to be envied. Well, we don't want them to sin, brother. Well, I tell you what, they're already sinning. The issue is getting them to believe. Filling their souls with the grace of the Lord Jesus and having them understand the source from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> Waking them up from the dust of the earth and the magic arts of the knowledge of good and evil in the soul realm. The soul, disconnected from Christ in the spirit, is only capable of practicing satanic magic arts. Religion is occult. All religion of the soul realm is occult. Always has been, always will be, right into the sulfur and brimstone of the lake of fire. Amen? The problem is, is we think there's something good about our soul and maybe the white magic arts, which is nothing less than Jezebelic activity of self-righteousness that will always lead you astray into sexual morality and idolatry and covetousness and every sin under the sun. And that's what's kept Christians so immature that there's still something good about you and your soul. If you just measure up, do more good, figure it out, get the formula, and it's like, that's not Christianity. That's magic arts. That's occult. That's literally occult activity of the magic arts. The magic arts are nothing less than witchcraft. <laughs> the worst deception of all time is to be caught up in Jezebel's magic spells after you're born again. And like 99.999% of Christians are, because that's what buildings made by human hands are. The tabernacle of Moloch, Acts chapter 7, it is written. It says in many other places too, when you start studying the New Testament in the correct spirit of glory and repent of the incorrect spirit of Babylon, you'd be surprised what the New Testament says. Start spending hours in the Bible. Start eating. <laughs> I highly recommend the Amplified Classic Translation. Not as a performance to look good in front of others of, hey, I read my Bible, you know, get a check on your report card. Not in a suck-up spirit, not in a measuring-up spirit, but in a spirit of glory. That I need my bread for my spirit life to get energized, you know. The Word is actually the keys of the kingdom. It's by believing the word that came from God that you enter the city gates of heavenly Jerusalem and have your name written in the blood of the Lamb in the book of life. <laughs> if you disagree with the word, 
I mean, can you be saved? Not really. You're going to have a terrible time. The more and more you repent to agree with what is written, the Logos, the Bible, 66 books, and even throw in, you know, the book of Enoch, if you like, you know, no one's going to hate on that in the kingdom of heaven. You know, some, the book of Jasher, no one's going to persecute you in the kingdom of heaven for believing the book of Jasher, or believing the book of Enoch, or even believing Heaven Waits the Bride by Anna Roundtree, or The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. I mean, these are like highly inspired manuscripts, really, highly inspired. Hallelujah. I've eaten them and bore the fruit of them, and it is pure glory, baby. Faith anointing in glory. But I'm telling you, it's only by words that you go into a greater glory. Now, there's words of the evil one, and there's words of the holy one. And most Christians can't discern the difference. We're dealing with today testing the spirits and eating the fruits. Testing the fruits. Jesus Christ said that's the only way you'll know they're from me. He didn't give you any other formula. Paul didn't give you any other formula in the entire New Testament of the New Covenant than testing the spirits, testing the hearts, and testing the fruits. That's how you'll know what spirit a person's heart is of. Now, when they get offended when you test them, that's immediate evidence they're of the evil one. Because a son and daughter of glory loves the testing. Because that's the refiner's fire. That's the launderer's soap. That's how you increase in glory, increase in anointing oil, increase in the promotion of the kingdom of heaven and influence and power and dominion of the throne of grace over the nations. Anyone that despises being tested is an infant in Christ. Because testing is what refines you into pure gold, you know, refined in fire, tested in fire, like silver in a crucible it is written. So you really can separate sheep and goats, wheats and tares, wise and foolish, with testing the spirit, testing the heart, and then eating the fruit, which is the testing of the fruits. And it's awesome. You should always do it with everyone. And you do it out of a heart of brothers and sisters in the garden, knowing that everyone can only be attached to one throne or the other in the earth. There's only two trees in the garden. Only two, not three. Only two. So their heart is either drinking from the throne of Satan or the throne of grace. The throne of the law or the throne of grace. The throne of love or the throne of competition, envy, and strife. Eek! It's true. The throne of jealousy. To be envied. Why? Why do you want to expose it? So they can repent. Because they thought they were good in their soul. But when you test their spirit and their heart, you reveal that they're attached to the throne of Satan, that they're actually still cursed and under the control of the evil one, which is a good thing to do so that they can actually change their heart and have rivers and springs with you in good fruit, in the Father's good spirit. One of the names for the Holy Spirit in the Bible is good spirit. How humble is he? In the Old Testament, 99% of the time, it's not even uppercased, you know? You notice that? You know, just like the, the good spirit or a holy spirit came upon him. And I was like, oh, they don't know the Lord. They barely know the Lord. They're just like just another spirit flying around, just like another dove, another pigeon. 
Another hawk. Have you learned to treasure the Holy Spirit as God? Jesus said it was expedient that I go to the Father to send you the Helper, the Paraclete, the one called alongside to help. And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He said it was exceedingly beneficial for your fruit production and for your salvation that he not be with you and send the Helper. Jesus said it was better if he leaves you and gives you the Paraclete, the Holy Ghost, than to be with you physically. And like every immature Christian I've ever seen in the whole world is like, come Lord Jesus, it's so hard. It's so hard. I can't do it. I tried so hard. And it, like you're not even in Christianity, buddy. Like that ain't it. You know, it's not hard. It's easy and it's light. The problem is you don't know the Holy Spirit. You're looking for some formula in the natural dimension. You're looking for religion. You know, they're looking for it in the soul realm, which is the wilderness. He's not in the soul realm. He's not. The soul realm is crucified with Christ. Where? At the place of the skull. He's in the heart realm. Until your heart overtakes your soul, you'll be lost and confused in the wilderness forever. You'll waste your whole life in the wilderness. And that God doesn't want that to happen to anyone. That you waste your life in the wilderness. The promised land is only 12 inches from your brain. It's called your heart. That's how close the Christian's promised land has always been for 2,000 years. And Satan has annihilated generations of Christians who have never found the promised land in them. Wow. Oh my gosh. He's always out there. It's always so... I mean, I deal with it every single day. I mean, and it's the religious spirit of this world. It is Satan and his angels of this world. And they're all being dealt with. Jezebel's never been more angry and defeated than right now, today. March 24th, 2019. It is the day of the Lord. We are reigning the grace of the Lord Jesus through all flesh. Religious flesh, rebellious flesh. I don't care what kind of flesh you have on your spirit. It don't matter to God. We're burning it up with unquenchable grace. Grace is fire. If his throne is the white throne and his throne is the throne of grace, what kind of substance proceeds from it? You know, glue, Play-Doh, sparkles, glitter. Is this kindergarten? That's power. That's authority. That's dominion. That's might. That's praise and that's honor and that's glory. That's anointing oil from the Lamb on the throne, the anointed one. And it's for all flesh. God pours out His Spirit not just on religious flesh, but on all flesh, it is written. I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men drink dreams. You have see visions, blah, blah, blah. And then the moon turned to blood. And we're just like, well, all in the soul realm. Signs and wonders. You know, take me home, Lord Jesus. Defeated by Jezebel still. And we're prophetic. And we got all this negative worldview. <laughs> and it's all Jezebelic. All of it. If you don't have a positive worldview, you are not prophetic. Because the book says you win more than conquerors. Victory belongs to the greater one in you. It's true. And he's already overcome the world. In this world you'll have problems. But be of good cheer. I've overcome it. Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's in you. So the more you yield your personality, your mind, will, and emotions on the greater one in your heart, 
the more your soul realizes the glory and you have promised land. Yeah, there's some giants. The, gi the giants are getting over your doubt, your unbelief, your fear. I don't want to lose that part of me that I idolatrize so much. God gave me a gift and I want to be a good steward. Get over it. God is only going to glorify you. If he gave it to you, it's going to grow in seed form to be the largest of the garden plants. People are so fearful that they never grow spiritually. And they just get a seed from God, you know, like the, the foolish people in the Gospels that didn't invest their talent. Remember what happened to them? Jesus said, throw them in the lake of fire. You foolish servant. You buried your talent? And then the one that had five that invested wisely, that bore the fruit of the kingdom from their spirit, that building on the solid rock, got everything from everyone else and had ten. Give him ten cities, it says in Luke. Because it's all about an ever-increasing sowing and reaping of words and everything else in the universe. Seed time and harvest are principles for as long as the heavens and earth endure, Genesis says. Huh. Perfect time to take up an offering. Hallelujah, there you go. And just get everyone offended because their God stole money because they have no actual faith. Holy Spirit of God. Seed time and harvest endure as long as the heavens and the earth remain. How many of y'all know the Bible says that the heavens and earth remain forever? Many times. It's not going away. You're not going away. You're born again. You're an eternal creature. You know, everyone that's lost has eternal life. Just in the lake of fire instead of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be eternally existent somewhere. Some of you on earth. Revelation 5.10, and they will rule with him a thousand years. It's in another place in Revelation. Rule and reign in the midst of your enemies. Sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies a footstool for your feet. The only enemies you have are doubts, fears, unbeliefs. Unbelief is being dealt with on a level I've never seen power before. That unbelief spirit in some people's souls will be devoured alive into the lake of fire right now by the spirit of grace consuming your souls. Unbelief will block you from ever tasting the kingdom on earth. How did they perish in the wilderness? Unbelief. How do Christians perish on earth? They don't believe. What is grace for? Faith. How are you saved? Grace through faith. By believing in the greater one in your belly with springs and rivers of creative dead-raising power so that we become as the living amongst the dead. <laughs> and is it all cryptic? Is it all misunderstood? What does that even mean, brother? In the anointing, you know what it means. That you have become as the living amongst the dead. <laughs> that you are raised from the dead while in the body. Philippians 3.10. Amen? How is it possible? Because you have the springs of resurrection power in you from the moment you first believed in Jesus. Lord, come into my heart. Okay, now what? Now release springs and rivers from your heart and turn the earth into heaven. Revelation 21, 22, there's no church in heaven. 
Oh, but we're all like in our church building saying, on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation 21, verse 22, I looked and there was no temple there, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple or church building. That's what John and Patmos is talking about, you know? And we're just like, oh, well, just skip that part, you know? Carry on, you know, no one's perfect. Like, you can't skip that part. There's no shelters. That's the main thing holding it back is man's control over their little systems. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know you've all seen it hundreds of times, and it's like, well, that's the best we have. No one's perfect. That's the best we have. It's not the best we have. Honestly, I repent, and I repent for the whole body of Christ. We've just been cowards. We've been scared to go into unknown, uncharted territory to forerun things that are going to get us persecuted, get us misunderstood, get us attacked by all the Christians in the world. And we just ran in there anyway. Because that's the only thing God wants to do in this generation. It's just glorify all creation on earth as it is in heaven. And the only thing I've ever seen try to shut it down every day of ministry is that Jezebelic spirit in man's hands, the arms of flesh, buildings made by human hands. It's Jezebel. It's witchcraft. It's the human desire to control the divine. It's Peter, James, and John's reaction on the mountain of transfiguration to Moses, Elijah, and God the Father. We're going to build shelters for them, they said. And Jesus, and the Bible says that they didn't know what they were talking about. That they had lost their minds because that was the curse of the fall coming out of them in the glory of the Father on the top of the mountain. So, when you rise from the dead and you're on the top of the mountain, stuff is going to come out of you that you, you didn't even know was in there. It's like the primal evil. <laughs> you know? And you can stop manifesting devils and start manifesting rivers. Amen? Two trees in the garden. Some of these people every day for 10 years have been manifesting devils on me. Every day. Just the day doesn't go by without them poison and bitterness and hate and murder and Cain just coming out of their, their heart. Because they're in unbelief and they're connected to the throne of Satan. Satan's the first unbeliever in the Bible, it is written. He was the first unbeliever. He's the father of all unbelief in all humanity. But Jesus authors our faith, it is written. Two trees in the garden. <laughs> so you're either going to manifest devils every day, snakes in the garden, stay in the wilderness and die, and it's no fun at all, every day is misery, or you're going to start believing, get your faith authored and perfected, and start manifesting heaven, springs and rivers, and drowned your soul world, drowned your physical world, drowned your natural dimension with your glory dimension out of your rich treasury of glory, springs and rivers. Amen? I mean, heaven is so easy. It's so light. And I see these people struggling so hard. And it's all because of them trying to do it in their own effort. And I tell you the truth, trying to do it in your own effort is nothing less than occult. Religion is occult. Okay? We want to say, oh, Halloween, Halloween. It's like, dude, Masonic Christianity on Star Day, Sunday, Remphon Day is, is the maximum measure of occult Jezebelic activity that all of you have participated with hundreds of times, rituals and rites of the fallen angels. It's not real Christianity. It was invented by Catholicism, the devil. Truth in here. I'm not going too far. I mean, it's accurate, precise, razor-sharp truth to set you free. Every day is Kingdom of Heaven Day. There's no special day for God Day. You know, God's in us. 
If we make God about a ritual and a rite, we never know him, and we become good in our own eyes, self-righteous, and the children of Satan and not God. So when that, those scales fall off of the evil one, the religious one, we awaken to the non-religious one. This is the most shocking thing to most Christians. God is the least religious person you'll ever meet. How can it be God? He's just having fun all the time. God's a hedonist. God is a hedonist. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. It is written. God created a garden for his son and daughter, Adam and Eve, to walk in, and he named it pleasure. Hebrew, Hebrew word, Eden. Anytime you deny yourself divine pleasure, Holy Spirit pleasure, you'll always go into unholy pleasure of Satan and his angels, drugs, alcohol, and immorality. 100% of the time, because you were created to live in Eden. That's how God made this earth. So you can only be fulfilled on God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the religious spirit comes around and says, don't have too much fun. Don't have too much freedom. Need to be a little serious. No. Enter the kingdom like little children and keep your joy. Guard your fruit. Your fruit is your salvation. The fruits of the spirit is the most mature thing in Christianity. That's the heights of apostolic ministry Philippians 4.15, it is written, Not that I desired your gift, but your fruitfulness unto God. I'm telling you, that's the pinnacle of high priest and apostolic glory ministry is the fruitfulness of the trees of life in the garden with our interlocking roots of David and our branches of the bright morning star covering all flesh in the garden as well-watered trees with the fruits of the Holy Spirit and dripping on all brains in the garden, the anointed one and his anointing. And you know, that kind of fruitfulness will set the captives free from every ensnaring yoke of wickedness. Because they're looking for it in the natural realm and they're bewitched. They got magic arts all in their brains. They're cursed. You're born cursed. You need to get born again of the spirit and water, it is written. Amen! <laughs> you know, you got the most educated, God-fearing people, and it's like Jesus said, you're the teacher of Israel and you know not these things. Nicodemus, you just spent the last 60 years of your life, you know, 16 hours a day on God, and you didn't even know one basic principle of the kingdom of heaven. That's what he says, John chapter 3. You, you're the teacher of Israel and you know not these things? You just spent, I mean, we're talking about 15,000 hours on God, and you don't know one thing about God. That's how backwards religion of the soul is compared to the spirit in the heart. Completely and totally backwards. That's the tree of knowledge. You have to be born again of the spirit and water in the tree of life and keep bearing fruit. The father is a vine dresser. He's a gardener. And he's only interested in fruit and fruit that lasts because that's the evidence of salvation. So keep testing the spirits testing the hearts and testing the fruits so that you can bear much more fruit and fruit that lasts and fruit that drips and fruit that intoxicates and fruits that set the nations free in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Financially support Red Letter Ministries, redletterman.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.